Today's show is sponsored by Anchor Podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And do you know why? The first reason is it's free. And number two, they have different tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to create a profile on Spotify, Apple. All you need to do is record your program on your computer or your phone and Anchor will do the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum audience. Try Anchor today. It's free and it's everything you need to start creating your podcast. Would you like to win and achieve success at what you do? Welcome to the Winner's Ways Podcast, where we create winners every day. And now, your host, the author of Winner's Ways book and life coach, Bola Alabi. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Winner's Ways podcast. I'm excited to have you on today's show because we have a guest on today's episode and uh, her name is Adora Ikwemesi and this is episode 37 of the Winner's Ways podcast and today with my guest we'll be talking about how to change your career. Uh, Adora is an author, a speaker, a writer, and a HR expert. She's a talented and multi-skilled professional with experience spanning the telecoms and consulting industries. She currently focused on developing a new generation of HR professionals she has a strong background and expertise in the areas of strategic HR management, change management, and business process management. Her book, Change Your Career, is a self-help book that helps anyone change their career quickly and successfully. I believe we can learn a thing or two from her about how to find a career, how to grow in your career, and of course, I'll be asking her how to change your career. Adora has written several published articles for a number of national newspapers in Nigeria. She has facilitated several workshops and training programs. She enjoys creative writing, reading, and counseling. Anyway, without keeping you waiting further, let's get into the interview. I'm excited to have you uh, on the show today, Adora. I would like you to please, if you don't mind, introduce yourself to my audience so that they can also know you better. Hi, Bola. Thank you very much for this opportunity. You just introduced me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm... 
I'll probably be saying the same things that you said. Um, so my name is Adora Ikwemesi. I am exactly what you said I am, which is my focus is on human resources management. However, I love helping people develop their careers. I love seeing people fulfill their potentials. I love helping people achieve their career objectives. So a lot of times um, I write, uh, I find that writing is my preferred form of expression, writing and speaking actually. So um, when I can't speak, I write. Um, and when I can't write, I speak. <laughs> so that's about me uh, in a nutshell. I, I'm currently working out of um, Lagos, Nigeria. Um, I run my own HR consultancy firm, which I've managed for 10 years, uh, Kendall Consulting. And, um, you know, I'm basically here on the mission on this earth to to help as many people fulfill their career potential. Well, that's awesome. I, I like the way you put it. You are on a mission on this earth yes. to help them <laughs> fulfill their career potential. And I think we have some uh, similarities there. Uh, on my podcast as well, I try to help people to find career that they enjoy so that they can have uh, fulfillment. So that's good. So uh, I noticed that you, mm. you wrote a book. Uh, the title of the book yes. is Change Your Career. Um, yes. I'm, I'm just wondering, why do you think people should consider a career change? Okay, uh, the first thing is that the average person has between five to seven career changes in their lifetime. Now, how do I know that and how do I explain that? Um, with increasing lifespans, um, the average person is probably working till the age 70 or in the case even 80. My father is 75 and he still goes to work every day. So if the average person starts their career in their early 20s, you can see that careers can last up to 60 years. That's right. Now, if your career is going to last 60 years, um, the average person is not in one job for 60 years and not necessarily in one career for 60 years. So within a lifetime, you're possibly going to change careers several times. So that's the first premise um, of, of career change. So everyone is probably going to change their career at least five times. And um, that journey is not always clear to a lot of people. Uh, some people are not, they know where they want to go, but they don't know how to get there. And some people don't even know where they should go. They just know that they're not fulfilled where they are now. So um, I've had the opportunity of a lot of people uh, sending me messages, calling me and asking me of what to do with their careers. And I've always found myself, you know, trying to give people direction and help. And I just, uh, it all started with me writing an article because I like to write. So I wrote one article called, you know, career change, 10 things you can do now, because I felt if a lot of people were asking me the same question. And I said, if I write an article, I could address so many, so many more people at the same time. And so I wrote the article. Um, and one day my dad saw that article online and he said, wow, that was a very good article. I think you should write a book. <laughs> wow, that's and, uh, 
Yeah, it was actually my dad <laughs> who thought you know, it should be a book, yes. And uh, anyone who really knows me knows that I'm my father's daughter. <laughs> and when I, I listen to my father, because I love my father a lot. Um, and um, yeah, so I started writing the book. And uh, it took me about a year and I, I did it. And it's available on Amazon and on my website, uh, doraikwemesi.com. Okay. So uh, thank you very much for that uh, answer. I, I think I, I got some uh, uh, insights from your response. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you spoke about fulfillment. Uh, and uh, when I think about career and uh, how and when people change their career, uh, when I think about Nigeria and I'm in the United States. Uh, the mm -hmm. unemployment rate in the United States right now is about 3.9%. Even mm -hmm. with low unemployment uh, uh, rates, I still know that there are some people that are not um, totally fulfilled in their career. Now, when you look at Nigeria, which I think, uh, depending on where you are checking, you can, I think the unemployment rate is maybe 25% or higher. So, for example, um, I was speaking with a, a friend of mine. Uh, this guy has been working with uh, First Bank as a contractor for ten, over 10 years. He's not fulfilled with his uh, job, but he couldn't find something else. So how mm -hmm. do we motivate people uh, in countries that have, on, uh, that have high unemployment rates to yes. change? Yeah. How, how, how are they yes. going to get another job? I know, I know. You know, the interesting thing is like, um, I, I, I say this to everyone, um, certain things are stop gaps. However, we need to have an overall direction of where we're going with our lives generally and in our careers. So it's understandable that we may not be there at every point in time. Um, but what I would say first and foremost is that Start with a vision. That's the first place to start. Know where you want to be eventually. Because you may not be there at present, but if you know where you're going, you'd be heading towards that direction. Now, if you don't know where you're going, you'd end up everywhere and nowhere. Mm. So that's the first thing. You know, like, yes... You know, this high unemployment. However, if you don't have a vision, you will just end up nowhere. So the first thing I always say is start with a vision of where you want your career to be. This friend you have in First Bank, I'm sure he, his vision was not to be in the same position for 10 years. If at the first year, for example, he had a 10 year vision of where he wanted to be, you know, it makes it more it crystallizes it when you have an idea of where you want to be. Now, if you have no idea, then you don't even create a mental picture for where you are going. And a lot of us work, we are inspired by our visions, our future, the plans that we want for ourselves. You know, and a lot of people who are successful, if you speak to them, they will tell you that, you know, it's all, all about where they wanted to be career visions you know and oh, and then gradually their life 
tended to walk, you know, towards that goal. So that's the first thing that I would say, if because that's the most important thing. Uh, everything else I will tell you would, would be having that in mind first. So that's the first thing. And we can go into other areas. Okay. Um, but that's the first thing. I, I actually, I love the way you put it. You said, if you don't know where you're going, you end up nowhere. And I, I, I took a glance at your book uh, on mm-hmm. Hamid. And I, I love the way you started the book. You said uh, yes. uh, you should start with a vision. And that's exactly what you just said. I, I, I'm going to get your book on Kindle so that I can also read more about yeah. this book. Yeah. I, I know that vision is important because uh, even the Bible says people perish for lack of vision, right? So I think uh, we need to motivate people. And that's what I do. I'm a life coach. I try to guide, mentor uh, people so that they will have vision for what they want in life. Yes, most jobs should be stopgap. People should not, uh, you you said maybe career can last 50, 60 years. People should not spend 50 years of their life in a job that they hate. Uh, exactly. The way they will have fulfillment that way. This exactly. is Adora. I, I appreciate that response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always encourage everyone, um, because some we have plans, but visions are bigger than plans. Okay, so so you know people need to understand and distinguish. It. A plan can be a short term goal. You know, a vision is big. So if you don't and you haven't created a vision for your career, I encourage you to do so, you know, as soon as you can. And for those who are not sure how to do it, it's it's quite easy. Um, you can write a story um, of how you envision your life in 10 years time. Visions can be 10 year, 20 year, 30 years, you know, you can even have a five year vision. Write a story of how you want your career to be. What will you be doing? Where will you be? Who will you work with? You know, so for those who can write, yes, you can write it in story format because what it will do is it will start painting a picture. The story will be about you and how you envision yourself. The second thing is if you're a visual person, you can create what is uh, called a vision board. Um, So if you're a creative craft person, just, you know, get like a cardboard or any kind of board and then get like loads of writing, um, maybe old newspapers, magazines, just cut out uh, pictures that resonate with your vision. So anywhere, maybe you see yourself, you know, just anything that resonates with where you see yourself at the end, you're going to end up with a picture, you know, cutouts, you know, with different things, but all of them have one thing in common. It's all about you and the future of you. So those are two different ways you can, you know, create a vision um, by writing it down, uh, writing down your vision or by creating a picture of your vision, or you can even draw it, if, you, if you're not a craft person, just have a blank sheet of paper and um, draw, um, say, maybe picture yourself uh, on the cover of a magazine, um, write down the magazine title. It could be a real magazine or, or one you created. Write the headlines, write the side stories, and but make sure they're all about you in your future. So those are just like three different creative ways of of, 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 you know, writing or creating a vision if you're not 
sure how to do that. So, so those are exercises everyone can do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome, actually. Um, and I think people can also always create this uh, vision board. Um, mm -hmm. They just have to take their time and uh, yes. really be intentional uh, yeah. to uh, think about what they actually want in life and uh, mm -hmm. follow through. So yes. I know you run your own company, Kendall mm -hmm. Consulting. Consulting. Mm -hmm. uh, you help people in career planning. You have CV clinic, that's resume clinic. You mm -hmm. coach people on uh, interview skills and mm -hmm. uh, various uh, career coaching. So mm -hmm. uh, let's say somebody uh, stumble upon your website and they don't know you. Can you give more detail about your service mm -hmm. so people will know more and uh, they'll yep. be able to reach out to you and uh, see what mm -hmm. you do? Yeah, so Kenda Consulting uh, is a human resources and training consultancy. So we focus not just on individuals, but organizations. Um, we help organizations develop their people efforts. So if you went to our website, you would see a lot of learning and development. And you know that coaching comes under development and uh, learning has a lot to do with training programs uh, and you know interventions that help develop people's uh, competencies so um we would um, we cater for both individuals and organizations so in terms of uh, careers you know we have workshops that um, address career related issues in terms and we also have uh, learning uh, programs and we do that, we run that via training calendar. So if you go on our website, you can download our training calendar for the year and you see all our courses. So our focus is on people management and people development. Okay, that's that's awesome. So uh, anyway, this is just uh, me uh, making a shout out to my audience, uh, those uh, people in Nigeria. If you are trying to uh, change your career or if you are, planning to get into, uh, if you are just starting out, uh, you should ch check out Kendall Consulting. Uh, they can help you with career planning. They can help you to check, uh, review your CV, your resume, and they can coach you on uh, how to uh, go for interview and pass your interview. Uh, that's what, uh, those are the things that Kendall Consulting uh, do. So please check them out. So uh, you are a HR expert, human resource. I would like to know what's your human resource uh, philosophy. And why mm -hmm. I'm having this is um, I've seen a lot of HR experts uh, and it can be conflicting sometimes. You want to put uh, people over business or business over people. Uh, which one should take priority? And what I mean by this is that you know, some people are work uh, or task oriented, and that means task getting things done comes before anything. And there are other people that are maybe people oriented. They they believe that you should take care of your people first, and people will deliver your uh, goals. So where do you fall uh, between those two? Uh, that's, that's interesting because what you just described is two extremes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've, the the thing about it is that, and I have to be truly honest because 
if you take one extreme and you say you're people oriented um, and you know, the interesting thing is because I wear two hats. I wear two hats because I am a business director, obviously, because I founded the uh, calendar consulting and I have been in the HR space uh, working as an HR manager and consultant for over 15 years. So I would say that I wear both hats uh, because at the end of the day, uh, what truly matters is what you're trying to achieve. Sometimes you need to lead and sometimes you need to manage. The most difficult part is knowing when to do it. (laughs) That's the hardest bit because the truth is, you said task-oriented, people-oriented. Sometimes you need to be task-oriented and sometimes you need to be people-oriented. The difficulty is deciding when to do which. There's no, I don't believe there's one way uh, because, you know, if you're task-oriented when you should be people-oriented, you're not going to get response. You should be inspiring people, but because they're not inspired, they're not delivering. But how do you know when? And then sometimes you should be doing the opposite. You should actually be task-oriented because you have things to focus on and you have things to achieve. And if you use the wrong approach by being people-oriented when you should be focusing on results, you would also get the wrong results. So I'm not... um, I I think it's a tricky question Um, and because I believe in it. It's more situational. Um, and the people who win is, are the people who know when to use what. I, I like uh, the way you put it. It should be situational. And I situational. think as, as humans, we should just find a balance. There are times when maybe a task, maybe you are working for a client and uh, their project is due. And uh, if you don't meet the target, maybe you are going to pay some liquidated damage. Course, you don't want to yes, lose exactly. Business, business exists to make money and you don't want to lose money. So, yes, in those situations, uh, you have to put tasks above, above of people. Of course, yes, so, definitely. Uh, it's I, just like an emergency, like anything yeah. that has an urgency, like a deadline. Right. You know, it's just like when we talk about managers coaching or coaching people, you know, when they're not performing. Right. You coach, uh, coaching can happen in, it's difficult to coach in an emergency. When an emergency or with an urgent deadline, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, people are human, you need to just get the work done. However, you know, when you have time and it's planned, planned coaching is very effective. You can sit down, talk to people, um, get to understand what the issues are and help them map ways forward. Um, However, when the situation is uh, urgent, uh, there's emergency, we need to get things done. You just have to focus on what we're trying to achieve and manage the situation. And management is not always inspiring um, right. <laughs> it, it, because it's just focusing on results. That's right. So uh, thank you very much for that response. Uh, you know, uh, just before we started this interview, I told you that I, st- uh, I started my career in Nigeria before I moved to the United States. And, um, you know, when I think about career in both countries, we, there are some similarities as well as there are some huge differences. One thing mm-hmm. that I love about uh, working in the U.S. now 
is the flexibility that we have here, uh, the way we have our leaders, the way they manage us. Uh, and I want to know the state of HR in Nigeria. And I'll give yes. you an example. Sometimes, or most days uh, in the week, I can just work remotely from my house and I'll still get things done because I have that flexibility. There's no permanent resumption time. That yes. We are not uh, restricted that, hey, guys, you must always resume 7 a.m. and close 5 p.m. No, we, we don't work like that. Some people resume 6 a.m. Uh, as early as 6 a.m. Some resume as late as 10 a.m. Yes. So yes. how is the human resource and uh, work flexibility life in Nigeria? How does it look like yeah. now? Okay. So that's a good question. Uh, the, tr- the truth is that it has improved quite a lot. Um, um, however, I would say flexibility, even in the States, is not um, possible with every type of role. That's correct. Right? So um, it, for knowledge workers, it's easier. So I run a consulting firm, so it's very easy to implement flexible work hours. And that's what we do in my workplace, um, particularly with the more senior, you know, staff. Now, it also applies to everyone. However, um, uh, you know, like I, I even had an interview uh, um, two two days ago, and right. um, the the lady that was what we were talking about, flexible work, and it was fine as long as the the work was getting done. So you find out a lot of knowledge. Uh, firms like consultancy firms or service-based firms that don't need you to be there at a particular time are embracing flexibility in Nigeria. Those numbers are growing. I can tell you that. However, we have a different type of problem and the problems we have are more around infrastructure. Mm. I'll give you an example. Um, You want people to work from home, but they can't work from home. Because at home, they don't have the facilities to work from home. Now, what do I mean by facilities? You know, we don't have constant, you know, power supply. So in as much as you want someone to work from home, they can't. They need to come to the office because they don't have power supply at home. So those are the real challenges. Um, Like yesterday, you know, a colleague of mine was in traffic for five or six hours. I just thought, you know, and at one point I told him, why come to work, turn back and go back home? You understand, you know, but the thing is that because he lives quite far from the office. But the problem is that he can't work from home because he says he doesn't have power supply. And, you know, I don't know me, you know, there's also a mentality which might be a bit different in Nigeria. And the average person in the States is just paying their electricity bill. However, you know, in Nigeria, it's a different ballgame. So even when you have the flexible uh, working policies, people can't even keep them. Like they can't even enjoy them. Let me put it that way, because, you know, they can't work in the house. They probably have to look for some kind of uh, uh, cafe or quick service restaurant to sit in. It's not going to be the real working from home. They're not going to enjoy it. You understand? Unless they can also afford to um, um, have their own independent power supply at home. And, you know, not everyone is in, put in a position financially to afford um, um, independent power supply. Of course, people do that with generators, 
like I said, but I don't know the condition of everyone's home. So we can't force people to buy generally. I don't know, you know, or buy inverters. So I sometimes, you know, because the truth is, I think I work from home a lot, you know, but I, I, I know that a major obstacle is the infrastructure in the country. And that is what is preventing us from adopting it. Because if you were sure that people could work from home, then I think you would give them that luxury. Right, right. And that will so, even help with the traffic situation. Because yes, like, uh, yes. getting stuck in the traffic, that those are wasted hours. It's wasted hours. I didn't understand it. In fact, um, it's like actually a conversation I probably am going to have again on Monday. Because I really want to see how we can... Um, solve that situation. Um, what exactly is preventing this person from, you know, being at home? Because I, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to have to travel so far. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, spend the whole day in traffic. Although that's not an usual situation, yeah. but the fact that it can happen is a problem. Yes. And the fact that, like I said. You know, Lagos has traffic every day anyway. It's just that it's not as bad as that. But it's always bad every day anyway. So can we just get people to not even come to work some days? Um, and what do we need to put in place to make sure that they can do that? So yeah. that those are the things that um, we're open with. But the market has really developed, I would say. That's 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 good, and I think uh, in terms of the infrastructure, uh, that's going to fall lightly on the government. Uh, because they need to provide those uh, uh, infrastructures so that it can be easier for people to uh, actually work remotely. So that's good. So if I may ask, if you could make any change with the HR system as it is in Nigeria, what would it be? Um, I think if there was one thing I could change um, with the HR system, um, I would change the culture. Um, and so the culture is not, you know, a system is made up of the HR professionals. Mm -hmm. It's made up of um, the HR practices and it's also made up of employee behaviors, right? And yeah. um, all these make up a system because they are all part, because when we are carrying out practices and policies, we also expect that these policies would drive certain behaviors. However, I think um, there's a lot of attitudinal issues, um, generally amongst uh, both employers and employees, I would seek for changing culture. Um, because um, I think one of the most detrimental things to the way um, HR is practiced in Nigeria is actually um, attitudinal, like in the culture of people. Um, some of them is ingra ingrained in, in the Nigerian system. I, I I would address like orientation, the mindsets um, of people more. That that would be what I would uh, focus on because I think that's our biggest uh, challenge there. Of course, skills are a big challenge, but I think when attitudes are right, you can develop competencies and it only amplifies it. But when your um, attitude, the culture generally, the mindset is, is not in the right place, I think even everything else that is built on top is is a problem, you know. So if we have more trusting environments, uh, more open environments, if we had more integrity in dealing with our, each other, both employer and employee, I think it will foster a better environment and 
you know, better, healthier workplaces. However, when those things are not there, um, they already, uh, the foundation is problematic. Uh, so that's the, that, that would be what I would address, uh, culture. That's so good. Attitude, orientation, yeah. mindset. Yeah. Those are things that we need to address or change. A lot of times we ignore those things because we feel it's about changing systems, policies, you know, but all those practices end up in behaviors. <laughs> so we already have a certain behavior. Um, and I don't think it's beyond policies now. Um, it's deep. It's really deep. People, attitudes need to change. And when those change, I think, I believe things will be better. That's awesome. So one question that I also like to ask, if you had one piece of advice for someone just starting out, a new graduate from uh, college, what would you tell him or her on the best way to first find a career and to grow in their career or maybe possibly <laughs> three, change their career? okay so i would say that if with hindsight i would i would still say that they should find discover their passion so i would still be on the same road to like starting with your vision because even as a fresh graduate you must have a vision um for where you see yourself and if you're not very clear because yes sometimes when we're younger we're not so clear um, if I take myself uh, as an example, I, I don't, I think I was clearer as a child <laughs> than I was as a graduate. <laughs> so I think one of the steps, fundamental steps you can take when you graduate is discover your passions. Um, what are you interested in? What do you feel strongly about? Uh, so, cause that might be a stepping stone to, to your, vi- your vision may not be very clear as a graduate. So, but what are your passions? What are your interests? If you don't know what your interests are or what, you know, ask yourself, what are you good at? If you're not sure, ask other people who know you what you're good at and what they see you do well. So having all that information will help you in deciding on what kind of role. You don't have to be very clear. Like when I got into the HR profession, the HR profession was a career change for me. I didn't start, I actually studied information systems. So my background was in IT. Um, and, you know, I I had to discover my what I liked doing to switch careers to HR. And it wasn't clear to me, even when I had discovered my interests, that there was a career like HR. I ended up with just knowing what I liked doing. And the three things I liked doing was three simple things. I like writing, I like speaking, and I like advising. So just in case people think it will come up like all packaged, it doesn't have to come out like that. Just find out what you like doing. And then when I found out the three things I like doing, then I started researching jobs that would allow me use those three skills that I enjoyed using. You, you understand? Right. So it didn't even come up as HR still. Right. <laughs> it actually came up as training, you know? And so, but when I started having conversations with people and telling them I was looking for an opportunity to write, train, you know, um, advice and, and speak, you know, people started telling me, oh, why don't you, you know, and I saw people who trained, I wanted to be a trainer. So I didn't even start in like wanting to be an HR professional. 
And then I just started looking for firms that had opportunities to be tra- to be trainers. And that was how I got an opportunity in a training consulting firm, uh, you know, a management consulting firm that specialized in training as well. So that that is what I would advise is, is a fresh graduate. You know, if you have if your vision is already clear, lucky you start with that. If it's not clear, discover your passion, write down what your interests are, ask people what your interests are and um then look for jobs that allow you display those interests. The reason why you need to make that connection is imagine going for an interview for a job that is nothing like you. You're more likely not to get that job unless you're faking it at the interview. So when you're already aligned with a certain type of job because it uses the skills you enjoy using, you're more likely to do better an interview because you it's it's it comes more naturally to you so that's why i always encourage people to to you know seek for um career opportunities that already you know come naturally to them that use the skills they actually enjoy using because you're more likely to enjoy your career or have a more fulfilling career when it's the career involves using skills that you already enjoy using yeah and then, of course, if you want to change, it's the same process. You still need to know where you want to go so that you can um, take steps uh, towards getting there. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That is packed. <laughs> that, that, that's very, very detailed. Uh, and uh, I'm going to just summarize it. Um, if you are just starting out, know your passion, find your interest, and you that way you should look for jobs or roles that closely align with those uh, passion and interest. And if you don't know it, uh, like Adora said, ask people around you. They will or they may be able to guide you uh, and tell you what you are actually uh, very good at. Thank you very much, Adora. I like the so much. explanation that you, you gave us there. So yeah. uh, we are rounding up. And uh, I, I love one thing that you've been doing, and uh, I'm going to say thank you to you. Uh, I don't know if I can call you a LinkedIn influencer, but uh, <laughs> I noticed that you, you've been helping people to find career. Uh, I know you've been setting people up with interviews, and I, there could be a number of people that have been able to gain employment through their connection with you. So... I want to ask you, how can people also develop or leverage this platform, LinkedIn or any social media uh, platform for that matter, to Mm. develop healthy and productive relationship so that they can also connect with more people and uh, help people um, in their career? Yes. Um, Yes. uh, Thank you for that. Uh, LinkedIn is a very powerful platform. Um, if it's used correctly. So the first thing I would say is, I think make connections, of course, if you're connected to, the quality of your connections matter because I'm sure a lot of us have heard your network is your net worth. (laughs) So your network is your net worth. So you you need to be connected to, to... quality contacts as well, because the truth is not every contact is quality over quantity. So first of all, first thing is make sure you, you, you connect with people who can help you. 
Um, however, one thing I would say is that when you're connecting, uh, be a meaningful contact as well. Uh, some of the mistakes I see uh, people make is they just send messages and um, the messages seem quite transactional. Uh, if you want to make any contact, uh, compose a message and just say what you, you know, you you want to say. Um, if you're obviously looking for a career change, um, it's not a problem asking someone to help you. However, um, don't assume that they have something readily available for you. So I would say that if you you can connect and say what you're, but a nicely composed message will always get attention. Um, however, if you someone gets a message, like I get lots of messages, and some people just send me messages and say, "Find me a job." <laughs> quite frankly, oh, wow. uh, quite frankly, yes, I do. I get a lot of messages. Sometimes I actually I feel bad um, because I don't respond to a lot of messages because oh, wow. most of them are actually like that. So if you open your mailbox and you see hundreds of messages, and most of them are saying find me a job, get me a job. Like you don't even know what to say, Yeah, you know? And sometimes those messages, um, they make other messages get lost because scrolling to your messages, you're looking for a message you can actually respond to. So, and some messages ask for advice, but one thing I would say is that it's difficult for someone to give advice over LinkedIn, like messaging. Mm -hmm. Um, So it may not be the best place to... Uh, like have a con- you you can start the connection there, but if you need a service, you need to move to another platform. Like right. you know, go to the uh, company, contact the person's company or organization directly. You know, however, LinkedIn is a very good starts place for for uh, contact and follow articles, um, follow their posts, uh, comments. So I do appreciate all uh, people who benefit. Um, and it's quite sad that I, I mean, I do know I can't help everyone. I try to help as many people as possible. Um, however, I do know that I, I'm, I'm restricted. I can't help everyone. So I, 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 one thing I always tell people is do keep in touch. Um, because, um, there's, we, you know, I don't have an opportunity, for example, for you today. It doesn't mean I won't have an opportunity tomorrow, but make the, we need to make the connection meaningful. Um, it, you don't contact once and then that's it. No, you make contact again and again. You keep. Re- I always tell people keep reminding me, because when an opportunity comes, you'll be the first person I remember. Um, and I always remember the people who were the last in my head. <laughs> and yes, that's I tell people. And also, you know, understand that um, HR people, people like myself, where we're human, we forget. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we also were overwhelmed. Uh, sometimes the messages are just too many. And I ask myself, is it, am I going to sit on LinkedIn replying all these messages or am I going to get my work done? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, but I do feel bad because sometimes I see posts on people saying that they contact, they may contact to see people on LinkedIn and they don't get a response. You need to ask yourself, do you know how many people are actually making the same contact? And what is the content of your email? So I always tell people your message, go straight to the point, say what you want. Um, but because so, some people, for example, say, hello, 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 hi, hi, hi. They never say anything. And if you're in a rush and you have like 100 messages to read, 
you know, you just would need to prioritize. So that's that's what I would say. It's a powerful platform, but make meaningful connections. Uh, follow posts, comments as well, um, you know, because when you comment, you actually engage. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, you engage, you get a response. So it's not like a one-way communication, um, you know, and, and, and that's it really. Okay. That's, that's good. So, um, one final question to you, Habera. One of the things that I do on my platform is, uh, I want people to learn from other people in your career line. If you look back, there must be, have been a time or two that you've made some mistakes in the past. So I mm-hmm. want to learn from your mistake so that, mm-hmm. uh, other people, uh, we avoid those mistakes. So can you share with us uh, a mistake that you think you've made uh, in the past so that others can learn from from you? Mm. Mm, I've made many mistakes, so I'm just not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure which one to start with. Um, You know, because like you rightfully said. Any mistake that you want to share with us so that uh, others can learn? Because I always see it as learning opportunities, you know, so it's, it's difficult, you know, to really look at, I mean, they, they, you feel bad at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, you're, you're better for it. Um, I'm just trying to think of, you know, if I could tell someone something they could um, avoid, perhaps, right? Right. Um, yes, yeah, something they could avoid doing in, in, in their careers um, that would help them. Um, okay, so the first thing I want to say is that people grow and people develop. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone who's starting their career know that whatever strengths and limitations or limitations you have now, you can actually overcome them. When I started in my career, um, I was uh, I wasn't <laughs> I chose my my first career out of university based on on financials. I wanted to earn well. Okay. So I left my passions. I I knew I loved writing and speaking. I had planned, I thought I would study communications. Wow. But after a discussion with a friend who whose um, brother's girlfriend made so much money in the IT industry, I immediately changed my career plan to studying <laughs> IT. Right, right. Now, I want the reason why I'm giving this example is that's what happens when you don't have a vision. I didn't have a vision. So I where I went wherever the wind blew me. So I immediately, you know, switched from going to study a master's degree in communications to an IT one. Mm. Now, of course, I've already told you I like speaking, I like writing. So you know that communications would have been a good fit for me. But right. Why did I go? But because of of, of money, <laughs> I had a financial mind. I wanted to to have a career. I wanted to a career that would give me um uh, the best chance of getting a job. So I chose that. Now, I don't. It's not. I'm not regretting it. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it caught up with me because I ended up changing. So I did it for a while and it's okay. That's why I said stop gaps are okay. Mm -hmm. Because one, if I'd studied communications, I may not have gotten a job so quickly out of school. You know, communications is a very competitive field. What would the chances have been for me as a 21 year old graduate female, you know, all the minority issues, black, it may have been tough. So I studied IT and before I even graduated, I had a job. So 
that's why I say stop gaps are good. But what happened there was that I still ended up after three and a half years, I was not fulfilled. I was not happy. And that was when I started trying to find out who I really was. And then that was when I made the change, which was more in line with my passions. But I started somewhere. You understand? So I would still say that, you know, if you can find your passion early, Mm -hmm. um, do so. But whatever it is, make sure you're very good at it. Because if you're not very good at it, uh, people, when they're young and even when they're old, we use the word passion very loosely. Passion is sacrifice, you know? Passion is not just I'm interested. When you say I'm passionate, I hear a lot of people say I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate. Passionate passion involves sacrifice. Um, sometimes passion involves if in the, if you're a Christian, is it involves death. It's a huge, huge burden to be passionate. So when you say you're passionate about something, do you have evidence of your passion? Can yeah. you show? And a lot of people, graduates, tell me I'm passionate about this area. When I ask them, okay, so what have you done? They have nothing to show. Right. You understand? So what I would say is that if you find your passions early, good for you. But put in the work um, and, you know, focus on that area. Um, I don't like to look at things as, because um, like I said, every mistake ended up as part of my history and my story. So my background in IT helped me a lot. In fact, it helped. It is one of the biggest um, um, positives I have for my HR career. So I, I in fact, career changes uh, are better. I think they're because they are more rounded than right. people who have just been on one line. If I just came from a very arty background and only had, a, I don't think it would have done me as much, um, um, much of an asset as I did coming from an IT background. I ended up being the HR manager for an IT firm. I mean, because of my IT background. So you can see that um, even things that seem like mistakes, they end up in your favor if you can consolidate the experience and use it to your favor. So I I don't want to see anything as a, um, yes, even though at the time it may seem like a a mistake, um, but I've still benefited from it in the long term. So I would still encourage everyone um, who is new in their career to, to, you can't take a stopgap for economic reasons. It's a, it can be sensible because if your passion is not yet, you don't have, you haven't developed skill for your passion area, you may be better off choosing something else first um, that will help you economically. Um, because when you have money, money gives you choice. Okay. You understand? You know, when I wanted to switch to HR, one of the first things, I didn't even know there was anything like HR. One of the first things I did when I found out I was interested in people, I took a summer school diploma in um, psychology. Now, how was I able to fund that? Because I had a job. If I don't, if I didn't have a good paying job, I wouldn't have been able to fund that diploma. Okay. So those are some, that's why I said it's okay to, to, to be in the wrong <laughs> career for a bit because if it gives you money to pursue your dreams and of course once i'd studied that diploma and i came back and my um, ceo asked me what i had spent my summer holiday doing because i took a month off work um you know for we had four weeks of leave i took the whole four weeks and he said wow you took a long time you must have really had fun and i said no i was studying i took a diploma in psychology and I didn't know that my CEO was planning on um, 
putting together a new team that would focus on, um, you know, team building and team performance. And he said, wow, you're a perfect person then for this new team. (laughs) Yes. And that's how life happens. Yes. So imagine. So I didn't have to demonstrate. Imagine if I had just gone to him and told him, ah, I'm passionate. I want to do this. I really want to work with people. But when you look at my CV, all you see is IT. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I had gone, yeah, I'd gone for a four week program, a diploma in psychology. How else? I had expressed myself in the best way one could possibly do. I expressed my seriousness. I I expressed my passion. And, you know, with that, he was convinced and I was put in a new team, Um, you know, and that was the rest was history. So I I, uh, um, so I think I will just summarize by saying that, you know, you can use a a certain career that is different as a stopgap. But please be clear on where you're going so that you don't stay there too long. Uh, Because the problem that some people have is that they stay too long in the wrong role. You can stay there for a little bit, knowing where you're trying to go. Um, And then, however, you must retrain. If you want to change careers, you must retrain, like, because you need to build competence for the new career. Um, So you would need at some point to prepare your finances, uh, make sure you're in a a good financial situation to be able to afford, um, you know, to retrain yourself. You can't switch careers without, you know, retraining. And training requires investments. And investment yeah. is money. So, right. or time. Or yeah. time. Yes, that's, exactly. That's yeah, right. yeah. Wow. So, you must have some money saved up and you can use that. Wow. This, this is good. Uh, you know what? You are fantastic. And thank you very much for all this, uh, for your time today on our show. We appreciate it. So, um, Adora, we have come to the end of this uh episode but thank uh, you my audience they would like to connect with you so can you please tell them where they can find you so that they can connect with you so that they can learn more from you okay so the best way to find me i mean if you can spell my surname (laughs) is via my website i have a personal website uh, which is adoraequemacy.com my name and my surname.com or you can find me on social media. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. If you search Adora Equemacy, you'd find me. So Adora is A-D-U-R-A. You understand, uh, I'm sure. Equemacy is I-K-W-U-E-M-E-S-I. So you can find me on adoraequemacy.com. You can search for me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram, but I am not great on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Adora I-K-W. Um, but, that incredible, but you can find me on Facebook, uh, as well, I manage a Facebook group called HR Nigeria. Um, I also manage an Instagram group called HR Nigeria. So if you look for any of those, you can connect to me somehow and you'd see Adora. <laughs> so, That's yes. Good. Thank you very much. So. Thank you so much, Paula. This episode of Winner's Ways podcast has come to a close. We hope you enjoy and learn something from today's show. We want you to win and excel in all areas of your life. And we regularly explore and share information with our listeners to empower them to win. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more tips and strategies to help you find the success that you've always dreamt of. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you more podcast episodes to empower you. 
we will love to have you again next week. Now, keep winning.